It's time, Papa said. I think it is, Mama agreed. Time for what? Adri asked. Papa's voice softened to share some wisdom. Welcome to the Sports Medicine Broadcast. I'm your host, John Siegel, along with Jeremy Jackson, as we finish our second series in athletic training, leadership in athletic training, with a bit of a change of pace. Today, we're covering a children's book entitled Only One You by Linda Krantz. Back in August, my assistant's young daughter, Mila, handed me this book and asked me to read it to her while we're in the midst of planning our very, very busy fall. I couldn't help but notice the great leadership tips given out in this book, and I knew I had to have it as part of our series. In fact, Dana, my assistant, said she knew that it was going to be a part of this series. We're going to do things a little different today and actually read the whole book. I know Jeremy and I have probably wanted to read all of Extreme Ownership and all of Leaders, but it just wasn't possible. As we go through each page in the book, Jeremy and I plan on discussing them as we feel they relate to our profession and how we can adapt lessons we've learned over the last couple of years and lessons from this children's book into our everyday practice, not only professionally, but personally. Jeremy? Check out sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash only one you again that's all one word only one you and then you'll be able to see each of the quotes and then some of our thoughts as we go through this again sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash only one you without much further ado this one could be a little bit long so john let's get right to it always be on the lookout for a new friend so this was a great one for me i thought when we look at the book and when we look at things that we've learned over the last couple of years um I think we have definitely opened up our doors to many more people in our lives. And Jeremy, uh, you're one of them for me. I've been really blessed to, to meet you as a friend and as a person and as a colleague. And uh, even looking back at uh, after uh, NATA this past summer in, in Vegas, um, the amount of connections that we made over the last year and a half uh, has been astounding to me and absolutely um almost shocking that the amount of people that I didn't realize that listened to us and um, were able to take some of the lessons that we talked about last year uh, to heart and and to see them enacted in their daily lives and see, um, you know, just how happy they can be just by taking uh, ownership and control and, and, and to be active leaders in their profession. Um, that's been one of the things that's uh, when we left the exhibit hall that day uh, invigorated me made me more excited to give back and to keep this series going. I definitely agree. Like <clears throat> I've talked to Sarah multiple times and <clears throat> I would say for the last 10, maybe even since leaving college, last 13, 15 years, I haven't really had friends, honestly. Like there's people I was in contact with, you know, my, my one friend from high school, I still keep in contact with them pretty regularly, but I haven't had people who I would consider friends consistently in my life. And it wasn't, it was just one of those, you know, I've had, I had a conversation a while back with Jared Plummer about, um, you know, he's, he seems to be that kind of guy that everybody likes. Everybody just wants to kind of be around, but I'm, I'm not that type of guy. I'm not that, I'm not that person where everybody's just like, oh yeah, let me just go call Jeremy, hang out with Jeremy, that kind of thing. And so for me, it's really been an intentional effort of reaching out and also allowing people in. And as we've talked about a couple of times before when I was going through the, the issues with the uh, with the school and whether I, I thought I was going to get fired or whatever it was, and I say, John, I might, 
I might get fired or whatever. He's like, quit being a high school girl, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, I see so much, like the the friend who's willing to to be the most direct and honest is usually the one that's going to be your closest or most trusted friend. So obviously Sarah is my closest, my best, my trusted friend because that's my wife, you know. But someone like John stepping into my life has been really beneficial just to encourage and to say, hey, what about this opportunity? Hey, what do you think about this? Or whether it's, you know, him sending an email or me sending an email, hey, don't be lazy or, you know, I see you getting up at 430 in the morning, good job, whatever it is. We've been able to grow that. But then there's also lots of people like, you know, Kelly, your coworker over there, uh, willing to help out and step up and say, hey, Jeremy, you know, I really like what you're doing. I'm willing to help write these show notes. Or or obviously the the recent series that we're doing, there's lots of people reaching out and contacting us. And just it's been really cool to to be a part of growth of people who I never met until we got to NATA this year or something like that. And so there's always opportunity for a new friend. Look for beauty wherever you are and keep the memory of it with you. And so this one is easy for me to overlook. I mean, okay, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? Let's keep it moving. It doesn't matter if I got all the details or if I completely wrapped up whatever it was. Let's just kind of keep moving. Just keep moving forward. And sometimes that's really good because, you know, I don't get bogged down by the details or by the obstacles. But a lot of times I just miss that opportunity. And it comes to life most whenever I'm dealing with my kids. Like, it's like, okay, well, what do you, what is your next assignment? Instead of like, hey, good job, son. I see you worked hard. Or, hey, tell me a little bit more about this. It's like, all right, cool. Well, what are we doing next? What are we doing next? And I'm, I so often miss the, the simplicity or the beauty of those things that, that are right there beside me because I'm looking for that next thing. Okay, well, where are we, you know, we're in... Boston on a family vacation and all right so where's the end destination not hey let's look at all these cobblestone building uh streets and all these really old buildings and all this this cemetery that we're walking past that's hundreds of years old no 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 we're just trying to get to the old north church I'm not worried about what's around me I'm worried about where I'm going and so this (laughs) this is probably something I could like tattoo on my forearm or something but (laughs) so this is one that I definitely feel like applies to me most personally rather than professionally but then again just like uh, Dr. Game said, professional development is personal development. So personal development would be professional development as well. By this page in the book, it's already, you know, page three or four. I, I knew that this is the the kind of book that I wanted to include. And um, there's lessons in these very simple words, uh, you know, for a children. So I, I knew that um, it, it reminded me to keep the memories of, of the good moments uh, you know, in our profession, athletics, it's the wins, the losses, it's it's winning the championships, um, you know, keeping those good moments, even the fun times on the sidelines where you're you're laughing and joking with an athlete or, or a coworker and um, to keep those in mind for when times are tough, um, because we do we are faced with very tough and um, difficult days and and they can sometimes outweigh the good days. Uh, but if you keep the memory of it, it's easier to go about those days. And um, you, you even wrote in the show notes, um, you know, trying not to be taking pictures so much and um, almost forcing yourself to keep a memory. That, that mental picture is more meaningful than the actual holding the phone up in front of somebody's face or moment um, and and taking the picture. Because how many times do we actually look back at those pictures and, and reminisce on them, right? I've got 
thousands of pictures on my phone that I couldn't tell you the last five, probably, you know, they're, they're more screenshots than anything else, but you know, it's, it's, for me, it's keeping an active memory and trying to go back and, 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 uh, call on those good times, those good memories, uh, for when times are tough. Yeah. So that's actually just interesting. You know, I, I wrote that and I didn't mention it again. The fact that you are mentally there in that moment rather than taking a picture. I do think that pictures are definitely valuable. You know, like Sarah and I went to Cabo on without the kids and it was like an all-inclusive resort and we were just there. And so there's this one picture that I have of her. It's my absolute favorite. And so seeing that one picture helps me remember that whole entire trip. But it's not that I like, oh, I love that picture. I do love that picture, but I love what that picture represents. It's the fact that I didn't have my phone, the fact that <clears throat> I'm in Mexico, so I don't have uh, reception, right? So I'm not constantly on my phone. So it was just the relaxation, the, the boredom that, that created. And it was just the beauty, obviously, Sarah, that was all around me. Blend in when you need to. Stand out when you have a chance. When I look at this, I think of the leadership capital that we've talked about in creating the times when it's more important to speak up about certain situations and other times when you need to listen and stand back. Uh, and that's the blending in. You know, for me, it's it's letting go of the ego um, because the bigger the ego, the smaller the relationships that you build. Uh, so letting go of those things, listening to people. And then when you have a moment or when you're, you're given the opportunity to stand out and to lead, take that opportunity. We talked about it's not a burden to lead. It, it's an opportunity to show your worth. Um, and then when you get the chance, let others speak your praise. And that's something that Kevin Parker talked about. You know, you're not the one that's out there creating your own nickname because who, who likes to create their own nickname? Um, you know, let the, let others speak your praise. Yeah. See, to me, this one is kind of, <clears throat> I don't know, self-explanatory. Like, and it fits most athletic trainers. You know, you, we kind of just want to blend in, but then at the same time we want to advocate. And so as an athletic trainer, <clears throat> you need to be known for being there and being intentional not just blending in and being on the sidelines. So <laughs> I've seen multiple people quote your, it's not a, <clears throat> it's not a burden, but it's an opportunity um, on Twitter. And, and I think that's really a good perspective because these m meetings are an opportunity for me to get to know my principal, get to know my associate superintendent, to get to know the business office lady, to get to know the rules. <clears throat> It is a burden of my time, but it's also my fault that I was in those situations. And so when if I just blend in, then they don't know me. But whenever I stand out because I'm doing something innovative like the podcast, then they get to know me. They get to come to my classroom. They get to see me, see what we're doing. And even if there was some negative reason that they were doing it, they now know me and I have a chance to fix that, right? And so now if someone says, hey, do you know Jeremy over at, Pasadena or you know the athletic trainer over Pasadena oh yeah that's Jeremy you know that you know whatever and so now I'm having that opportunity to stand out even if it wasn't all good like I, I messed up I, I admit that I own that and we're going to fix it but now I know a lot a lot of upper level administration so it's just it's an opportunity to step up to stand out and to make the best of the situation.
Yeah. And even Tori talked about that too. When you're given that opportunity to stand out and to help others, you know, we're, we're here to help others. That's what athletic trainers are. That's um, the, the service that we've gone into. The, the profession is a service industry and uh, we, we are there to help other people. So when you're given that chance to lead and, and to impact not only yourself, but your profession, take it. Um, you know, don't go actively searching it out because it may not always happen, but when you're given the chance to, to take it and, and to, to, to stand out, find your own way. You don't have to follow the crowd. For this one, it's pretty easy too. So the podcast I've been doing it for like 10 years, I think. <clears throat> and you know, I, Obviously, when I'm uploading episodes and stuff, I see like the stats and downloads. And so it is really cool that over half a million. So it's like 520 something thousand um, downloads over the course of the the podcast. And that's really cool. Like I didn't I didn't set out to be like something big or huge. It was just like, hey, I'm going to have these conversations. Hey, I'm going to bring these guest speakers in for my class. And then it's. I did create my own way and Chris Lanker with AT podcast and me, I think we're the only two athletic trainer related podcasts way back then. And then Alicia, and then now there's, there's several others, you know, obviously we've talked to Candid and a couple of others as well, but <clears throat> it really was just creating my own way. I didn't do all this research. I didn't find everything out. I just, all right, well, let me press record let me upload it to the internet and then created my own way in athletic training. And it's really a great opportunity for me to learn, but more importantly, like like we said in the very first one, to meet people. All right. So now I know people everywhere. You know, like I know people in the MLS, M- uh, the MLB, or NFL, those kind of things because of the podcast. Right. I'm people in all sorts of different parts of the country or the world, even because I've created my own way, and it's been really cool. So <clears throat> I think also. That situation applies a little bit closer to home for some people in the fact that some, um, if you enter a situation where there's already an athletic trainer there or has been an athletic trainer for a while, you don't have to do what they did. You are not that person, right? And so I don't have to treat the athletes the same way that other person did or has. So like when Sophia came in, she was big on manual therapy, and I, I like it. I just don't really know a lot of, I haven't been trained on how to do it. And so I allow her to not follow whatever I was doing, but what she's doing, we take that and incorporate it in and, and allow her to kind of find her own way of treating and interacting rather than saying, no, this is what we do. So there's two really cool aspects to that one for me. Yeah, it's, it's blazing a, tr- a path as an athletic trainer. We're all given the same, uh, you know, we all have to pass the BOC and we all are, uh, set that, that minimum standard of being an athletic trainer, but it's what unique certifications, what unique courses, classwork, um, to, to make you a little bit more unique or special than, uh, others. But then when you have those unique abilities, those specializations, uh, your ability to work with others, um, you know, you talked about the podcast, it's, we have how many different podcasts now that are athletic trainer based, you know, half dozen, a dozen of them. Um, and they're all very unique and they're all, um, they're all, they are all applying athletic training knowledge 
to their skill set and their their um, very unique uh, brand of of podcast. And and they're a lot of fun to listen to. And you're going to get something new from each and every one of them. Um, but they're all you know very similar. But they've all just blazed a different path uh, to help promote athletic training and to to give back to athletic training. I don't think anybody's in it to, um, you know, make a, an extra buck or anything like that. I think we're all in it to, to help each other because we're so connected, um, within athletic training. Um, and, and for me, when I looked at that page, um, it, it went back to our conversation with Kent, uh, Dr. Games. It's the personal development is your professional development. And if you're able to blaze a certain pathway, and be a better person, you're probably going to be a better professional as well. So, and we were kind of mentioning new friends and I talked about people all across the country. <clears throat> and so I know right now, Ernie Garza and Timothy Acklin are joining in. Ernie's here in the Houston area with me, but Timothy is in uh, New Mexico or Arizona. I believe it's New Mexico. And again, it's just regular listeners to the show and again just hey thanks for joining us live thanks for listening and being a part of this conversation of growing of contributing uh, whenever you have something to contribute so um i don't know it's it's this is just a lot of fun so go ahead john know when to speak know when to listen you know this goes back to a couple pages ago when it when we read uh blending in uh speaking is very important but only after you have all of the information Listening is the absolute most important aspect of leadership. I think the more I've learned about this, the more I have learned to shut my mouth and listen, which is kind of funny because we're on a podcast talking <laughs> to each other. <laughs> but, you know, in my daily life, I, I've forced myself to become not only a better listener, but a better active listener to make sure I'm getting all the information from them. Uh, and and look at look at what we learned in the Zealots podcast as well. Um, those leaders that didn't listen to other people who led very authoritative, led by just sitting in their office and, and not stepping out to interact with other people. Um, you know, I'm lucky enough to have a staff at the high school level. Uh, and there's times where I'm um, asked to give direction, but a lot more times I'm apt to ask for direction from the people that uh are, are my subordinates, my interns, my assistants, I ask for their input more than when I'm giving input, more than I'm giving directives, um, because I want them to be more invested and have ownership into our day-to-day -day, uh, operation and activities. Uh, because if we're not all invested in it, if, we all, if, if none of us have ownership to it, we're not going to have a productive, successful day. Um, and that's where listening becomes very important. Back in around episode 86, I think, Mark Knobloch and Josh Yellen came on the podcast. And one of the things that we were, we were talking about was the athletic trainer who loses his cool that has to prove to the coach that I'm the athletic trainer. I know what I'm talking about. That's the one that doesn't have experience, that, that isn't comfortable just listening. And like, like you were talking about knowing all the details. <clears throat> so just this week, my son was playing in the backyard with the neighbor kid, right? And so uh, they're playing, they're roughhousing because they're nine, you know, eight to 10 year old boys, right? They're roughhousing, they're playing. And my son hit this other kid in the head with a bat. <laughs> so then the little girls go and tell the uncle and he comes out all hot yelling, well, don't let somebody punk you, get up and hit him back. 
that kind of thing. I'm like, uh, like, hey, dude, hey, dude, come here. Do you know what happened here? No, nah, I mean, you hit him with a bat. Oh, that's not cool, you know, whatever. And so the bat was a pool noodle, a pool noodle. So this, this kid, the neighbor kid, was crying for whatever reason, whatever he had going on. Maybe he didn't like what happened. Maybe he has something at the house, some stress going on at the house that, that just kind of put him over the edge. But because they didn't come find details, they just came out hot. They came out yelling. The, you know, the guy was trying to fight and whatever. I'm like, bro, just find out what happened first. And then he goes and gets his brother, which is the guy that lives there. So, you know, whatever. And he comes out, hey, man, you can't be having... What if my kid came out and hit you with that? Hey, dude, do you know what happened? No, it was a pool noodle. They were playing. My son stopped to check to see if he was okay. He apologized. They're playing. Bro, we've been living here. We've been, our kids have been playing together for a year and a half. We've never had an issue like this until well, that guy came out yelling and, you know, all hot. And the girls came in creating drama. Find out the details. Stop and listen. Stop and listen. And so the thing I wrote in the notes was Fight Club. All right, so if you haven't seen Fight Club, it's a really interesting movie. But one of the one of the quotes that I've always remembered since I watched that movie in college was, "We don't ever really listen. We just wait for our turn to speak." Right, and so I notice a lot of times on this podcast that I I don't always listen because I'm sharing it on Facebook, I'm reading who's checked in, I'm typing in notes, so. Sometimes I just forget to listen. Luckily, it's a podcast. It's recorded. I have to edit it. I have to go in and type the show notes. So I get to go back and listen. But how much of the conversation do I miss? How much depth do I miss? Because I'm waiting for my next turn. Yeah. In those those hostile situations that we find ourselves in with parents and coaches, um, I, I said this uh, a couple episodes ago, that person reveals more about themselves than about you. Right. When they're hot, when they're when they're yelling, when they're in your face, you know, it's they they definitely reveal more about themselves, whether it's something that's deep seated, whether it's their own fears, their own uh, displeasures about themselves. They reveal that in those moments and it has absolutely no reflection on you. When I learned to 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 think that way in those situations, it's made me a calmer individual and it's allowed me to actually listen to what they are trying to tell me. Even if they are screaming and shouting and spitting and everything, you're able to, to pull those things out of what they're yelling at you and use it in a very calm manner to ask what they're actually wanting to, to get across. And uh, when you're able to do that, when you're able to listen and, and to get that specific information out, it makes you a better leader going forward. No matter how you look at it, there is so much to discover. So obviously this one is really good um, because, you know, like reading the Bible, I, I, I am 38 years old. I've been reading the Bible, I would say regularly since I was 18. So for 20 years, I've been reading the Bible. I've read it the whole thing through multiple times. And every time I read it, I would say at least once a week when I'm reading it, that there's something new. I'm like, huh, I've never seen that. Or it applies differently. But there's also an athletic training. Like just the other day, I was talking to Sophia. I was like, hey, have you ever heard of pastoral restoration? I was like, it's something that I think I would like for you to go get trained in 
because the postural restoration is something that I think is cool. Something I would like to kind of incorporate into our practice, but it, it's kind of expensive for both of us to go get trained. So I'm like, Hey, maybe it's something that you can get trained in. You can bring back in and you can teach me or like the manual therapies. It's something that you can teach me. Or like I said, I mentioned earlier taking a family trip when we went to Boston, there's, there's so much to discover. And like, I want to go back to Boston because the first time we went, there's only so much you can see, but I want to go and slow down, spend a little bit more time just looking at the the buildings, you know, obviously getting some more cannoli, but, um, there's just so much to discover if you, if you just slow down and I don't know, it's a tricky battle because we're like, yeah, we, you know, you want to be involved, but then we've talked about, we'll set the auto responder on the email and, you know, move around the icons on your phone. So you're not just mindlessly clicking on the Twitter app or whatever it is. Like I, I really, I, I removed the email cause it was on the bottom bar of my phone. So that means it was right there, you know, as one of the hotkeys. So I removed it from there. So now I have to scroll through two pages to get to it. And you know what I noticed Monday is that I had emails on Saturday and on Sunday that were still in my inbox. I was like, huh, I normally would have responded to those right away, but I let it go because I was there I was more present because of those things because of the things we've talked about here there there is just so much to discover and the more we have conversations you know I, I'm going to be talking about women's health coming up in November and we're talking about incontinence in female athletes which is something I didn't know until last year somebody's mentioned to me I'm like what and really and so it's it's going to be cool cuz I'm like oh well now there's something else I need to know some more I need to learn some more I need to learn and it really is just a cool opportunity to to get to continue to learn instead of focusing on, well, I don't know the answers. Well, it's just something I, all right, well, let's learn it together. Yeah, I, I've, I've learned that while doing this podcast, there's always so much more to learn. Uh, every time I think I have something figured out, when I think I've gotten right to the precipice of mastering it, I realize that there's way more to learn. It's like you get to the top of that hill you hit the top of it and then you realize the next hill is bigger and that can be daunting for, for a lot of people a lot, you know, even, even for me, there's times where I sit back and I think, why do I keep doing this? And it's that path. It's, it's the, it's the pathway. It's not the end goal that you learn that there's so much more to better yourself from. And it's, it's through learning, it's through activity, it's through, um, listening to others that you realize that there are, there is so much more to learn. Last September, I was at the, um, <clears throat> the, the roll call, um, program with, with Jocko and, and, um, the extreme ownership group. And I got up and I, I was like, I've got the absolute best question to ask Jocko. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to get this awesome response from him. And, you know, I wrote it out and I thought, you know, good six hours about this question. And I got my moment and I, I walked up and I was actually, I was the last person to ask questions of the day. And I took a big deep breath and I had this real thought out question. And I said, after, you know, that your three years of doing your podcast and the, 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 um, you know, the, the popularity of the book, what's one thing that you've learned over that time? And I thought it was going to be really thought provoking. And as soon as I ended my sentence, my question, he said, oh, I learned that there's more to learn. And I was like, damn it. 
Like I wanted something more. But even the, even in that simple response, there was more to it. Right? There's there's so much more to learn and if you can be okay with that, that's going to help you become a better person, a better professional, a better leader and understanding that there is more out there for you to learn and it helps you kind of melt that ego away because when you melt that ego away then you become a better leader if you make a wrong turn circle back mistakes happen we make mistakes every single day we make mistakes in our personal life our professional life and if we are active and learning from them and we're able to circle back like the book says we're able to be better people and it takes a lot to 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 learn from the mistakes and to um you know be okay with making mistakes i think that was one of the hard things for me in my young professional life was whenever i made a mistake it was detrimental it was life ending um i i thought I was losing value as a person and as an athletic trainer. But when I was able to say, no, there's something to learn from this mistake or this moment, or, you know, when we come back together as a team to, uh, to discuss the, the things that could go better and, and went right, uh, and, and to correct those things. Um, it's just that next step in being a better person and a better leader. So there's obviously the, the professional aspect where you're, you have an emergency, you reflect on, what do we do? What what do we need to improve? So there's that where we have to do that as an athletic trainer. Okay, well, I did this for this ankle sprain and it didn't work. What am I going to do? How am I going to make it better? Or, you know, we did this and it, Google was talking to me over there. You know, so there's the professional aspect where you, where you look back at those things. But throughout, I think the whole leadership series or anyone who's really in a leader or we're having a conversation about leadership, they're going to mention reflection. They're going to mention stepping back and taking a look. And Brandy Curry says that it's part of her everyday thing, right? And so she starts the day like reading, and we talked about this in the podcast, and writing out some of the ideas or concepts or whatever. And then she closes out the day, the same thing, reading and reflecting on those and seeing kind of what she got done or what she learned, those type of things. And so circling back daily or, or weekly or monthly is, is really helped her grow. And, you know, she's a leadership coach and she's doing a lot of really cool things, being involved in speaking and presenting and mentoring and those kind of things where, you know, we see, leaders. Um, and I think that's, there's a reason. Um, and then something simple. Um, recently we had these like rocks that the kids got from church where they put like painted on them and put smiley faces or something and they glued these googly eyes. So that's like the little plastic beads, um, where the eyes kind of the, the pupil or iris or whatever it is kind of wiggles around the eye and like cookie monsters eyes. Yeah. Like cookie monsters eyes. And so these were little and so my kid was playing with it and somehow he said he dropped it in his ear. Right. And so, so we're, I'm trying to look in there with a flashlight because I don't have an otoscope at home. And I'm like, well, it looks like it's something on this side versus the other side. So let me see if I can, you know, maybe move it around. Well, that's not a really good idea to stick anything in your ear ever. 
And so we just happened to call a nurse friend and she said, yeah, what we normally do with stuff like that is we just spray water up there and flush it out. So we tried that a couple of times and nothing came out and we're like, well, maybe it fell out. And so he went to bed, made it, I think it was on a Friday. And so he went to bed and then Monday morning had an appointment, went to the doctor and it wasn't there. So $75 or whatever it was for the doctor's visit. So now we own a like $30 otoscope that was off of Amazon so that if we have other things in people's ears or nose, then we can <laughs> save ourselves some time and some stress and look and see. And also maybe we can help with uh, ear infections or something like, oh yeah, his ears is inflamed or whatever it is. And so uh, reflection on, on just learning from those processes, making a better plan, whether it's personal or professional is always a good idea. Speaking of something getting stuck in your ear, next page. If something gets in your way, move around it. So this goes back to what I was talking about, all the all the issues I've been having with the podcast and the the um, administration or whatever it is. Because because I'm not a I'm not a rule follower. I'm not I'm I'm like, all right, I see the rule as a guideline and I'm gonna kinda I'm going to observe the wide boundaries that are kind of within that guideline. And, and so that's typically, sometimes it's created things like the podcast, right? Or sometimes it's just, it's created really cool moments and opportunities, but probably an equal amount of time it's created havoc or problem. And so I try to go, go around rules, but it's all at the same time, I also try to go around obstacles. So I don't typically get stuck, uh, you know, like, Sarah, for a while, at least in the first part of our marriage, she would get stuck at obstacles. And for me, it's like, just find a way around it. Just do something. Just just keep going and it'll work itself out. Just go. You know, and I'm getting so frustrated because I didn't understand we were different and she'd process things different and those kind of things. Because that's that's just how I naturally am is I move around things. I just, all right, well, let's keep going. All right. So that's not working. Let's do this. Let's do this. It's keep going. Let's back up and run harder into the wall, whatever it is, but just, just find a way around it. But for some people that finding a way around it looks differently than mine does. Yeah. I I thought about this one as our common gripe, especially at the secondary level is schedules change, practice, you know, change games change. Um, there's additions, um, there is always going to be obstacles in our profession and, and they are going to occur. Um, and, and we need to learn how to relax, detach from situations and look at it at different angles and ask questions. And then once you're able to do that, you're able to adapt and overcome things. Um, you know, we know, or if we have a better understanding that things are going to be in our way, you tend to be a little bit more prepared for those things rather than reactive. Uh, and that's a hard lesson to learn. You know, that's that's something that it takes time for people to learn. Uh, it's easy to listen to that and and to say it. It's yourself, but um, the many times that I've had schedules change, it still bothers me. It still bugs me. But I, if I've learned to, or if I'm better at detaching from the situation, listening, getting all the information, and then adapting and overcoming and creating. Um, you know, creating ideas of ways to help other people and to, um, to, to help with the schedule changes. Um, it's 
allowed me to be a better practitioner because I'm not always reactive. Um, you know, that, that the page is a little bit about being reactive, but if you're a little bit more proactive and understanding that you're most likely going to have to be reactive, it's a little easier for you to overcome those obstacles and those things. You know, we've, we've talked about the uh, reflecting. We've talked about a lot of stuff in the leadership series, but like Thomas and Michelle both yesterday were were tweeting saying, hey, they've been listening to this and reflecting and um, kind of making plans, implementing changes. And and that's, again, what we're talking about throughout this, this whole thing. And one of the things that I mentioned is by sharing your struggles on Twitter, you can use it or on Facebook or whatever, you can use it as a positive way to reflect and, and interact. Or you can use it as a way to bring down what we're doing as athletic trainers. Because if I say my freaking coaches change the freaking schedule again, they don't ever freaking communicate. And then I'll leave it at that. We're like, <sighs> or if I can say coaches change the schedules again, I'm frustrated guys. I need some help. Or if you can say one out of 10 coaches communicated a schedule change, that's progress. Last year it was zero. Right. So it's, it's about perspective and looking back and those, those opportunities to to make a difference, to see those obstacles like we just talked about. Um, but here you're talking about setting aside some quiet time to reflect. Um, that It's about recharging the batteries. I think every everybody you would consider a leader is going to say that sometime, whether that's 4.30 in the morning like John, or whether it's, you know, at lunchtime, you know, I've seen people say, okay, well, if I know that seventh period is going to be busy during sixth period, I close that door, turn the lights off 10 minutes and just sit there quietly. Or they play their music loud or whatever it is. Um, typically, I go work out. I enjoy that, whether that's running, lifting, or one of my fellow coaches, he uh, does CrossFit stuff. And so we work out together a lot. And so it challenges me, helps me grow do more than just lift weights or just run so it's doing other lifts and you know we're working hard working together and encouraging each other and so that's something that's that's really been fun and then um at home there's not a whole lot of quiet time one of the things that a while back michael stevenson had mentioned is that when he gets home he puts the phone away and doesn't pick it up back up until like nine o'clock or something like that right so if i'm home from five to nine i'm there with my family i put it down and away uh, sometimes, you know, I, I'll say, Hey, go grab my phone so we can look this up or so we can watch this video on how to do this kind of thing. And that's, that's okay. That's different than just saying, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep it in my hand the whole time looking, keep it in my pocket. Uh, but I would say caution because I'm 38 years old. I've had a phone since I was probably 20 and I've never once had a phone that was cracked. So last night my son was bringing my phone out to me when we were outside he was bring, going to hand it to me. It bumped his leg, fell out of his hand, dropped face down on the rocks, the decorative rocks that we have outside. And I am now a cracked phone screen owner. So, but the cool thing about that is I've learned it wasn't his fault. Like he was going to do what I asked him to do. He went to hand it to me. He dropped the phone. I didn't blow up. I didn't, it, you know, it wasn't like he threw the phone at me and it cracked. It was, he was going to hand it to me. It, it dropped and it's, Son, you got to be more careful, but I forgive you. And I think that's really important. It changes the perspective, it changes what, what we do moving forward. It changes his life from that day forward when I say, son, I forgive you. Because it's done. 
Now it's, you know what? I made a mistake. It's done. We just move forward. Instead of you always do this, you're so irresponsible. So even right now I'm sitting and reflecting. So maybe this is my, my quiet time therapy as well. And what Jeremy's talking about is the next page in the book. It's set aside some quiet time to relax and reflect every day. And for everybody, that's going to be a little bit differently, right? You know, so for me, it's uh, prioritizing and, and executing. So if I know I'm going to have a busy day, like yesterday, I was in meetings in the morning, I had a meeting at night, I had a presentation to do uh, a community presentation, I knew that I wasn't going to have the ability to set aside time for myself unless I prioritized it. So that meant yesterday waking up really early going to the gym because for me, that's my time to reflect and to have quiet time. I have my phone on me, but um, I don't always respond to emails or I don't always respond to text messages um, because that's my time. I want to allocate that two hour block in the morning. That's directly just for myself. Um, and, and today, you know, the way my kind of workout schedule went, um, I really enjoy reading. And when I'm able to take a book with me to the gym and ride the bike because it's a, a rest day for me at the gym. Um, and I'm able to take that hour and just sit and read the, read a book while I bike, I'm getting two things out of the way. But what I'm doing is setting aside that time for quiet time to relax and to allow myself to reflect on days past and, um, you know, the lessons that we learned and, uh, how am I going to use those things going forward? Uh, and, and to, um, once again, prioritize what's important to me. Uh, and we covered that with Dr. Games once again, in, in learning to say no, um, if we're able to reflect on the times that we had to say yes, and the times we said no, and find out what's important for our value we're able to be a better practitioner and a better leader. I'll read that one. It says, appreciate art. It's all around you. And so I feel like we kind of talked about this. We were talking about the, the beauty. Um, but for some people, they pay all that money for those like Jackson Pollock paintings where it's just paint splattered on a wall. I'm like, I can ask my kids to do that, right? And some for some people, it's really cool photography. When we were in Las Vegas, they had this gallery. I can't remember the guy's name, but amazing nature photography photography and you know 30 something thousand dollars for this uh you know like six foot by eight foot picture or printing of this picture and it's that is beautiful but uh, i'm not paying thirty five thousand dollars for a picture right and so it's it's there's art all around you whether that's in the music that you listen to the music you create the podcast that you listen to or create the uh the children that you create, right? So there is the beauty or the art all around you. If you put your phone down, if you slow down, if you just look at it. I saw somebody today said that they spent an hour looking at TikTok videos and realized how thankful they are that they didn't have that technology in in junior high because of how stupid it is and how, how much stupid stuff people do. But that's the thing. Put those down and quit worrying about the likes or the followers and instead enjoy the area around you. Yeah, it's it's 
enjoying the beauty and and the little things it's enjoying the beauty in not just the art that's around you but your day-to-day life uh because what is the definition of art you know it's it's hard to really define it i'm sure there is a definition we can look it up right now but art is different to other people and and when i look at our profession the art can be having fun during games enjoying the small wins the small little things when your athletes achieve their goals you you work an athlete back from an injury and you see them score their their first goal or or you know step back out on the field for that first moment that's art to me that's beauty that's the kind of wonderful thing about our profession is we're able to see the athletes at their absolute worst moment and see them progress and achieve their goals and and step back out onto the field or onto the court that is beautiful to me and when we're able to appreciate those things it allows us to re-energize recharge our batteries reflect on those bad moments the good moments and to keep us motivated for the next day or the next challenge uh, and and to um, continue doing what we do every single day so just recently had a kid tear an ACL and the conversation I was able to have was, hey, this sucks. You're a senior. You're going to be out for a while. It's okay for you to be upset. It's okay for you to be mad. It's okay for you to be angry. You're going to go through those emotions. It's okay. That is honestly, like you just said, an artful conversation because it's not just me saying, well, well, we'll get you to surgery, get you rehab, you'll be fine. No, acknowledge that, those emotions. And so I just looked it up. It's the expression or application of human creative skill and imagination, typically in a visual form such as painting or sculpture, producing works to be appreciated primarily for their beauty or emotional power, right? But spoken word can be an art form. Poetry, but even conversations or the application of KT tape to remove that swelling and the pattern it creates, that can be art all around you, right? And so those conversations, that I, the conversation that I was able to have with that athlete, for me, I would say is a form of art because in years past, I would have said, you know what, it sucks. We'll get you surgery. We'll take care of you. But acknowledging those emotions, those feelings, allowing them to know that it's okay to feel that way. And then that you're still going to be there for them, you know, and then telling her later, hey, you know, we're praying for you. Uh, we're going to be, I'm going to be here for you and you're not alone. Those, those kind of things kind of fit into that to, uh, to me as well. Yeah. Human creativity. We, we are creative. And I, how many times have you had to create a pad or do something and um, somebody walks into the athletic training room and they say, oh, what is today? Arts and crafts day? Or what are you doing? Arts and crafts over there? And it's like, yeah, actually I am. I am. I'm, I'm gluing something together to, uh, you know, help, help somebody, uh, in, in the moment where they're weak. Um, and, and, and Chad and Kevin even talked about that, you know, um, we're there to, you know, we, we help fix little things We're we're called upon to do those little things. And we are really good. Athletic trainers are really, really good at being creative. Um, and, and there is art in what we do on a daily basis. Make wishes on the stars in the nighttime sky. 
this was my favorite page because I am such a goal setter. It just reiterated to me to have a vision and set goals to create your value. That's why that was my most favorite page in this book. All right. I, I mentioned or in the notes there that it, it, I guess following along the same theme is that they're there, whether you look at them or not. So take the time and appreciate the small things that are around you. And again, that doesn't necessarily apply to the stars, but so many times in life, whether that's that one kid that cannot get right, their one time where they go through a whole game or a whole week or whatever it is without coming in for an injury, right? So the small things, or it's that one kid that comes in and says hi to you every day, or it's that kid that never says hi to you, and then that one day they do say hi, um, or more specifically at the house, just, just the the small things that are always there that are still amazing. My wife will often sit and just watch our four-year-old. Just the imagination, the creativity, the energy, he's always there. He's always talking. And usually it's really fun, funny if you just stop Instead of trying to accomplish something, you just stop and watch. You just stargaze. You just gaze at him. And that really is, I guess, sums that up right there, I think, best is where my wife will just say, I love to just watch him because that's what she does. He's just a, like a twinkling little star, fascinating. And all you can do is watch or ignore. So, And that leads us to the end of the book. Thanks for listening, Mama said. We hope you will remember, Papa winked and whispered. We know this is a lot for you to think about. Adrian did a backwards somersault and smile. He was excited to go about, go out into the world with what he had just learned. Wait for me, he shouted to his friends. Before he swam away, he turned back to his parents and said, I will remember. Mama kissed Adrian on the top of his head. There is only one you in this great big world, she said. Make it a better place. All right, so throughout this series, or especially anytime John's on, he wants to close it out with the gratitude, and it's such a great practice. Um, I didn't type anyone in specifically, and I think I've told John multiple times before um, just how thankful I am for the friendship, for meeting him, for him reaching out. Um, you know, and Kelly, she just recent, recently offered to, to help with show notes. Uh, like Patrick O'Haver has been helping out with show notes, show notes or uh, Brendan Moriarty has been kind of working on creating something again it's not fully ready yet so I don't want to discuss it there but the community around the athletic training has been really great so those people I mentioned in specifically um, Bob Mayerson also joined checking in live but um, there's been a uh, intentional uh, effort on on my part to reach out to guys so there's like a small group of guys that I schedule a text on to go out on Wednesdays and just say, Hey, how are you doing? Because I have to create that conversation because it doesn't happen naturally because like, Oh, I'll, I'll text him later and just see what's happening. But that doesn't happen. But with this small group of guys, like I send, I schedule that text so that on Wednesday it goes out and then creating that, that conversation and, and, 
through that with Bobby and some of the other people, again, it's not related to the podcast at all, but those guys I've been able to create and build a friendship through, you know, my network at church. And so, um, the conversations that I've had here on the podcast, uh, the encouragement I've had from people like John, that's, that I think is my gratitude is that it's not too late that you can start today. Uh, and that there are people out there, they're listening. So John. Jeremy, obviously I'd, I'd like to thank you for, for allowing me to use the platform that you've created to help better the profession of athletic training and, and to allow me to be a part of that. Um, I've learned so much more this last two years about myself and uh, about my abilities as an athletic trainer, as a leader, um, to, to push me to do more. It's that leadership loop that we talked about all the way back in, in episode one of this series. You know, we've created more opportunities for ourselves to show our value and show our worth and, and to show what we can do as athletic trainers. Um, so I'm, I'm thankful for you to, to open up your platform and allow me to do that. I want to thank our guests, Dr. Games, Dr. Shingles, Kevin, Tori, uh, obviously Kelly, who we talked about, um, you know, this, the little note that she wrote me, the handwritten note is still sitting to my left. Um, I was sitting down last night, last two nights working on uh, a presentation I gave last night and then uh, just finishing up the show notes and, and going over things. And um, it's a daunting task sometimes when you're doing extra work. Um, but to have somebody that's out there listening and, and appreciative, um, it, it makes it recharges you, it keeps you motivated, keeps you wanting to do those certain things. Um, and, and that goes to our, our listeners as well. Um, you know, we said when we were in Vegas, uh, everybody that came up to the booth and, and wanted to talk to us and wanted to take pictures of us and, uh, you know, wanted to, you know, do those little things that I never, ever, ever would have thought I would be doing, um, you know, that we have fans. That was the weird thing, you know, um, that was a lot of fun to me, but it was also energizing. And that, um, you know, was, was so much more important to me than just being on the, the podcast. I, I want to help other people. I want to help athletic trainers be the best person that they can be. Um, if I can help one athletic trainer be better at their job and, and, and go about their life in a better way, I know that I'm going to help the profession. And, um, the more I'm able to give back, the more it gives back to me. And that is so incredibly impactful, um, to being a leader, to being a better person that um, I, I don't know of anything greater than that. So, Thank you to all of our guests. Jeremy, thank you for allowing me to be on and thank you for the listeners. So this again is sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash only one you. Again, sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash only one you. So I'm going to real quickly go through the series and I'm going to give you the, the little tag or the whatever it is, the slug at the end of the thing. So all of these are sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash. So there's leadership mythology, which was the first one, which was me and John. Then there's learning to say no, and that was with Dr. Games. Leadership failures was with Dr. Shingles. Heroes was with Kevin Parker. And leadership myths was with Tori Lindley. 
And so I'm going to hopefully have a one link that says Leadership Series 2. So sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash Leadership Series 2. That'll have a link to all of those. But if you find one of those, I'm going to put links to the rest of them in there as well. Uh, and then that way, all of those are easily accessible and you can kind of fi- find the series back to back to back um, that way as well. So for Jeremy, my friend, John Seco, our Leadership Series on the Sports Medicine Broadcast, that is a wrap.